Hello, this is Pastor Patrick Hines, and I want to move on to the next point of the Westminster Confession, uh, the last point of Chapter 2 of the Doctrine of God. And so this point uh, really has in view the Doctrine of the Trinity. Um, the, the first couple of points are more so about the nature of God as he is in himself and his attributes, his communicable and incommunicable attributes, uh, the attributes that we have somewhat of a share in and the ones that we don't. Um, but the final one is really more so about who God is. The first two points of the uh, of chapter two of God and of the Holy Trinity are about what God is. God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. That's question four of the shorter catechism. And, and uh, point three here is really who is God? Um, and question six of the shorter catechism asks, uh, how many persons are there in the Godhead there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. <clears throat> now, point number three here says, in the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father, the Holy Ghost eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. And when you look at the Word of God and look at Scripture, that really is as far as you can go. Now, the doctrine of the Trinity is certainly hinted at in the Old Testament, and you see the, the distinct persons. You see them at, at creation. Um, the Spirit of God, the Ruach Elohim, is uh, brooding or hovering over the waters, and you have, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, you see the, the Trinity uh, hinted at there in the Old Testament, that there is a plurality of persons within the nature of the one true God. But the full revelation of the doctrine of the Trinity comes in the incarnation of God the Son, uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, and in the sending of the Holy Spirit, of God the Holy Spirit. Now, I wanted to focus you just for a moment here. We're going to look at a bunch of passages of Scripture, but like I said, I'd like to keep these um, relatively short because I don't, I don't want to get bogged down for this to take forever. But that phrase, of one substance, of the three persons uh, of one substance, the reason that term is so important is because of the debate that took place uh, that culminated at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, uh, where this issue of the full deity of Jesus Christ, primarily the, the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Uh, what is God the Son? Who, who is Jesus? Pardon me. Is he God? Is he God in the fullest sense of the word? And the Arian party, followers of uh, Arius, um, had said that they, they would use biblical terminology and speak of Jesus as being God, but the Orthodox, Athanasius and Alexander, knew that they did not mean by that phrase, Jesus is God, what they meant. And so during the course of the debates, um, to this day, as I understand it from the stuff that I have read about the Council of Nicaea, no one knows for sure who suggested it, but somebody suggested, see if they, if the Arians, the people denying the full deity of Christ, see if they will agree that Jesus Christ is the same substance as God the Father. Homoousios. Not homoi usias, which means similar substance, but homo, same usia, homo usias, same substance. Is Jesus the same substance as the Father? In other words, is he Jehovah, Yahweh, God, in the fullest sense of the term, just like God the Father? 
is God. And that's what the Aryan party backed away from, and they wouldn't sign off on it. And to this day, to this day, we still use that phrase of the same substance, one substance, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One in essence, three in person. Now, there's a very good book, and I'll try to remember to link it uh, in the description here, uh, called The Forgotten Trinity uh, by James White. Uh, is one of the best books that you could ever read on the doctrine of the Trinity because it goes into great detail uh, in exegeting and going through and uh, real closely the key passages of Scripture that teach this precious truth. Uh, and also goes into some of the, the historical debates and everything else. But the main stuff in the book, though, is, is really the key biblical passages that teach this. And uh, White has a real good way of, of summarizing this. God is one what and three Who's? So when you ask, what is God? Well, God is a spirit. That's what God is in himself. Well, who is God? Well, there, he is tripersonal. Okay? He is not unipersonal. He is tripersonal. There are three persons uh, within the nature of the one true God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who are co-equal, co-eternal, and consubstantial. They are the same substance. They have the same power. Uh, they have the same identical nature. Now, that is the, the historic Christian doctrine of the Trinity, but the main point that we want to ask, the main thing that all of us are interested in, of course, is does the Bible teach this? And there's a great chart that I found uh, years ago um, on the carm.org website, and I'll try to remember to link this one too. It's called the Trinity chart. And it goes through each of the persons here at the top here, I've got it up on the page here, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it goes through the attributes of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the identical to one another. They're all called God in Scripture in Philippians 1, 2, John 1, 1, and 1, 14, Colossians 2, 9, Hebrews 1, 8, Acts 5, verses 3 through 4. Uh, all three persons are eternal. All three are said to be the creator. All three indwell us. All three are all-knowing. All three are everywhere. All three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, searches the heart, resurrects Jesus, sanctifies. There's passages here for each of these. The personhood of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, each person distinctly has a will. Each person of the Godhead speaks. I always think, you know, the, the one of the clearest places you see the full uh, the fullness of the, the triune nature of God on display is at the baptism of Jesus. There you have Jesus himself uh, being baptized by John the Baptist. God the Father speaks from heaven, and the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove, or like a dove, and alights upon the Lord Jesus. There you have all three persons in view. The Great Commission itself. Uh, we are said to go and, and baptize in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Not, not the names, but the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because he's one God. Uh, each of the three persons speaks. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force. Not that the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, in Acts 13, verse 2, the scripture says, While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit speaks because the Holy Spirit is a person. An impersonal force uh, can't speak. <laughs> Okay, uh, another uh, demonstration that the Holy Spirit is a person uh, is in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira lied 
to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to something that's impersonal. You can only lie to a person. You can't lie to a rock. You can't lie to a tree. You can't lie to the sky because none of those things are personal entities. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a person, and that's why he can talk, just like God the Son talks, just like God the Father talks. Um, you can lie to God the Father, lie to God the Son. Uh, you can lie to the Holy Spirit, because each of them is a person. Okay, and so I, I would uh, invite you to look through the, the Trinity chart here um, at your leisure and uh, look at each one of these passages. And I remember uh, getting uh, the uh, Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry notebook long time ago, like probably, I was still in college when I did that. I was like 1996 or seven. It was the first time I ordered the, the CARM notebook and this Trinity chart was in there. And I sat down with a Bible with that little notebook that I bought from uh, the, that, this ministry outlet. And I looked up every single passage in here and I never had really I think fully understood uh, the breadth and depth of biblical teaching on the Trinity until I did that, until I looked up all these passages. And you see, this is why uh, Christian uh, theologians and churchmen and pastors and uh, people through the years have recognized, yes, there is but one only, the living and true God. And yet you see very clearly revealed to us in Scripture that this one God is tripersonal. He's three persons. One in essence, three in person. He's one what? Uh, God, he's a spirit, and he's three who's. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Um, and they, they share one undivided being that is God, and all three of them are God in the fullest sense of the word. So uh, I'll make sure I link to that in the description um, of this uh, video. Uh, but I just wanted to look at just uh, a couple little passages. Obviously, we could spend a, a great deal of time uh, just looking at passages on the doctrine of the Trinity. But like I said, uh, James White's book, The Forgotten Trinity, is outstanding. Uh, the sections of Louis Burkhoff and Robert Raymond's Systematic Theologies are outstanding on the issue of the Trinity. Um, and I would encourage you to read those uh, with a Bible nearby, because you'll need to look up dozens and dozens and dozens of, of passages of Scripture. But I wanted to take the time here to look at just a couple uh, passages in the Gospel of John. John is really one of the clearest books of scripture on the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, uh, we believe in the deity of God the Father, the deity, the full deity, meaning the, the full Godhood of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. But John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, and that last phrase there, kaitheos uh, ein halagos, is what's called a qualitative predicate nominative. Now, it's a little bit technical, but it's not saying the word was a God. Uh, both the, the, the Greek word for word and the, the Greek word for God are in the nominative case uh, joined together. Um, it's, it's not speaking of the word as being a God because there's no definite article there. It is predicating a quality to the word. Uh, what God the Father is, the word was with God, that's God the Father. The word was God. Not that the word is the Father, but that the word is divine. That what God, the, the the Father is, the Word is. They are God. He was in the beginning with God. In the beginning was the Word. Uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, fully divine. And in verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, 
that, that word dwelt, uh, skenao, tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And what's that talking about? That's the incarnation. So if from the beginning, in, in the beginning was the word, the logos, and the word was with Shatheos, with God, with the Father, and the word was God, the word is divine, just like Hatheos, the Father is, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who, who became flesh? God. God became flesh. And what's amazing um, is in John chapter 8, uh, verse 56 and following, Jesus arguing with his opponents at the Feast of Tabernacles there, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He's making a direct claim to being God, the one who spoke Yahweh, Jehovah, to Moses from the burning bush. And they understood exactly what he meant. The next verse, verse 59, then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. They knew exactly what he just said. Before Abraham was, ego I me, I am. And so this is the doctrine of the Trinity. God is one what? Namely, uh, a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable, and his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Singular, monotheism, there is one what? One God. How many persons are there in the Godhead? There are three persons. So God is one what and three who's. That's a real helpful way of remembering it. One what and three who's. So thank you all for watching or for listening.